podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, Texas Tech, a surprisingly good outcome against FIU. And so because of that, to recap that game, we got to have the whole gang here. So that includes my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dill? Texas Tech takes care of a cruddy opponent and the Dallas Cowboys win a close game in the same weekend. I don't know what kind of football hell I'm living in, but I'm here for it. Okay, listen, this is I know that you and like 60% of Red Raider Nation are these big Cowboys. We're not here to talk about that. We ain't here to talk about that. We also have Jeremy Gillen on with me. What is up, Jeremy? Happy to be here. Happy to be in the wake of Matt Wells' largest margin of victory as a Texas Tech head coach. Good grief. Oh, that's Been gross. waiting a long time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. That's so gross. It's so bad. <laughs> that's so gross. Because really what it means is, is that, and we've and the big thing we talked about last week is that Wells and his team, and it was kind of the, uh, we had Hunter Miller, or Hunter, Hunter, we had Houston Miller on a Twitter space after the SFA game. And the main thing I took from that was that Wells and company likes to play down to competition. And I, I mean, I, we didn't need Houston Miller to tell us that. That's you kind of look at the stat sheets and the scoreboards from all the games we played against lesser competition to kind of tell you that we like to play down to lesser competitions. This is the first time that we've seen Matt Wells have a lesser opponent and really put his foot on the neck and ram it down the throat all the way through. And it was good to see a 54-21 win is not something to scoff at. Tech went out, had a weaker opponent, took care of business. But we didn't start out that way. <laughs> Remnants of SFA looked like it very early on. What did you think about the first quarter, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, that that was kind of my, my mindset, too, going about midway through the first quarter. I was like, here we go again. Matt Wells' team isn't playing uh, – is playing down to their competition again, but then they really seem to uh, to turn in the next gear. And if you listen to our preview podcast, they did all the things we asked for them to do. I mean, we asked for the offensive line to protect Tyler Shuck. We asked for Tyler Shuck to have a good game. I mean, we, we asked for the defense to continue creating turnovers. Everything we wanted to see from Texas Tech, we saw. But it, you're right, it did take a minute for them to get out of the gates. They had to wake up a little bit. I mean, you know, it was a very early six o'clock game, <laughs> six six p.m. game. Uh, but they had to wake up a little bit. But once they did, after being tied fourteen fourteen, uh, Tech just blew them out the water with a four touchdown second quarter. What did you think about the game in general, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, kind of like Dylan said, sitting there. I mean, it was not until I mean three minutes in the first where Waters had that pick six right that you know you're sitting there down 7-0 to florida international and you're thinking wow the one thing i told everybody is that this is a good game for tech to show people that we can blow out bad teams and last week was just ah you know caught off guard a lot of a lot of good teams or a lot of fbs teams lost to fcs teams we were not one of them felt good but then we were trailing 7-0 late in the first and i thought hmm Am I about to be extremely disappointed yet once again as a Red Raider fan, uh, being the guy who's like, I think Matt Wells could turn it around this year. And then suddenly, you know, losing to FIU. But 
man, like you said, that second quarter after the 14-14 kind of tie, it just changed. The whole dynamic of the game changed. The defense was a lot more energetic. The stadium was just actually a lot louder than it was last week uh, with less people, which was exciting. Uh, it just felt like an entirely different vibe, and I'm I'm definitely here for it. I think it was the game, especially with the Texas game looming in the wings next mm. week, and we'll get into that in the preview pod later on this week. But um, this was a game that kind of I, I felt was really going to set the tone for conference play, right? We had a great season opener against Houston. Then we had a very disappointing game against SFA. Uh, and this was the game that was really going to set the tone of what, what type of team are we going to expect? If it was going to be another drag them out dirty fight against Florida International, well, then I don't, I'm, not, I'm not expecting much in conference play. But if it was going to be a game where we were going to get smacked them in the mouth and show them that we are a Big 12 opponent, then okay, well, maybe this is still the same team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. And I, I come away from this game and the fact that we were able to get all the way down to our third string quarterback and say, this is the type of team that I expected. So now two out of the three games we've had this year, this is Tech has shown to be the team that I hope they would be. Good teams win, great teams cover. And uh, the line for this game was 20. Tech won by 33. I cannot be upset about it. Great teams cover. Great teams cover. So first things first, let's talk about Tyler Shuck. Dylan, you talked about him. In, uh, in the opener, Tyler Shuck went 399 yards, his career high, uh, was accurate with the ball, looked every – all the people that talked about how bad he was last week, um, including you, Dylan, about as bad he was last week, and he kind of he kind of shuts you up. Well, and I said this this is a game we, he needed to shine in. I remember saying that in the preview podcast because I think – you know, ramping up for conference play. We need him to feel confident in the system. We need him to feel confident in his weapons. And and that kind of gets into what really excited me about his performance. He was dealing it to everyone. I think 11 different Red Raiders caught a pass, two of them being tight ends, two tight end touchdowns, two tight end tutties. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the guy was dealing. And the, the biggest thing three. for me was the accuracy from Tyler Shuck was so impressive. Yeah, no, technically, technically three, because our boy Coons did get, catch two of them bad boys. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Travis Coons. We, we've taught, called him a blocking tight end for the longest time. I know I have, probably a year and a half now. And he's going out with, there with some hands. Six receptions on the game, like you were saying, Dylan. Two, uh, a touchdown, two touchdowns for his own. Um, and shout out to R.C. Maxfield. Talked about, we talked about this in the preview pod as far as the RPOs. Sonny Cumbie called RPOs for days, and it worked. I think Sonny Cumbie listens to RC. Maybe RC's on the staff, and we don't know it, but it worked. And it worked all throughout the game. He was in his comfort zone with it. And, of course, in the RPO, most of the time, you're going to have a handoff or a pass. He did it most of the time. But a couple times he pulled. And when he pulled, good things happened. Magic happened. And so that is, you know, I'm just excited to see what Chuck can do now that he's – that. We kind of saw the prowess of both his passing skills, his running skills, and his able to his ability to improvise. And his improv- improvisation worked really well in this game. Jeremy, what do you think about Tyler Shuck? Worlds apart from last game. And Dylan and I talked about in the preview for um, Stephen F. Austin that they had two really good pass rushers. And those two pass rushers exploited our offensive line pretty well. And so Shuck had you know, was frantic in that SFA game. This game, a lot more composed, and we can see what Shuck, like, does with time in the pocket. Uh, even when receivers aren't open, or I remember it was late in the game, maybe sec- late second or mid-third, where... Um, 
Couldn't tell you the receiver now, but I mean, he is waving his hands running a route across the field and Shuck is like slowly drifting to the right. And I realized that he didn't see him because as soon as he saw him, zipped it right to him in the middle of the field. And it was just that that moment for me, I realized like, wow, like this is the Shuck that we were kind of all... Um, advertised as he came from Oregon's like this is a guy who wants to be at the next level his work ethic is elite he is a great mind has a high IQ for the game uh, and seeing with seeing him with time is how I think that other schools enjoy their quarterbacks against us is that they're like oh our guy has all day to sit back there. He can throw it to anybody. And I feel like that's what other teams get to enjoy. So Shuck really impl- impressed me this game. And like every, you know, every quarter just got, uh, it, it was just, it was fun to watch. So you kind of talked about the O-line and their ability to get Shuck open. But here's, I'll give you a plot twist on this. And, and that, people have been talking about how good the O-line played. Zero sacks given up in this game, which is huge. But as good as the O-line played, I think one big difference between this game and the SFA game is Cumbie actually had plays, short pass plays, plays that helped out the O-line, right? Like Cumbie in his play calling in this game was the O-line's best friend. Because now as a defense, as that front seven, we talked about in the preview pod how good FIU's front seven is. And as a front seven, they're guessing. Every play they're guessing. Is it going to be a screen? Is it going to be a short pass? Is it going to be a short slant? Is it going to be a run play? Is it going to be run out to the outside? They didn't know what was coming, and Cumbie helped that as a play caller. A lot better play calling in this game than the SFA. I think Cumbie gets a lot of credit for this win. I mean, you mentioned it, the play of the offensive line. He helped out the offensive line, but they also played really well just in general. Um, We mentioned, you know, Koontz getting two touchdowns. That wasn't Travis Koontz. That was Sonny Cumbie running a beautiful play, not once, but twice. Um, And and then just something you're going to see from a Sonny Cumbie-led Texas Tech Red Raiders that it's going to start on the ground, and it did with this game, which is weird to say. Well, so I'll say this, and you brought bring up those two Coons touchdowns. So Sonny Cumbie did what I love that air raid uh, coordinators do. Mike Leach did it when he was at Tech. Kingsbury did it when he was at Tech. And now we're seeing Cumbie do it, which is when a play works on one side beautifully, run the same exact play to the other side. All right, I love it. I love it. Knowing that, hey, yes, this half of the defense saw that play, but guess who didn't? The other half of the defense, let's run it their way. And it worked beautifully. Leach did it all the time. Kingsbury did it all the time. And I hope uh, I hope Cumbie keeps it up. It was absolutely beautiful. So we O-line did play fantastic. But, Dylan, you talked about it. 11 different receivers caught pass in this game. Eric Azukanma, the guy who led NCAA in receiving, did not catch a pass till less than a minute to go in the first half. Uh the main guys, Travis Kuhn, six catches. Kalen Geiger, your boy. Bill and your boy, Kalen Geiger, six catches for 121 yards. Talk about just the vast amount of skill players and skill and receivers we saw uh, and how well they played. Me? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was dumb. No, don't matter. It yeah. don't matter. Ahead, it's Jeremy. something that we complained about. <laughs> something we complained about, Albie, in that recap uh, for uh, SFA. And I think kind of what – I was alluding to it, Shuck, is that the lack of time really made him like key on easy because like, okay, he's going to go up and get it just like bop, 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 bop. But that pressure uh, and then SFA like realizing he is only going to throw to easy, like locking down on that made that game frustrating. And for us to come out of that and be like, okay, Texas Tech is not the team that's going to just 1v1 you with their best players all game and you can't stop it. Like we're not that team. We're the team that likes to, and you mentioned it, 
like confuse you like toss to, toss it around a bunch of different ways do all the different levels of the field have you guessing because in that way we can open up our good players and then um <coughs> sorry choking we can open it up to our good players and they can get the big plays that make the difference and like get us the get us the big uh the big win in the end um but passing it around like that's texas tech's identity and i was so happy to see I mean, I wish Easy would have got the ball more, but that's just because he's an exciting player to watch. But I'm thankful that I didn't see him really catch any until the like towards the end of the first half. Like that that cut up the FIU defense in a way that made it complicated for them to defend better. Yeah. I will say this. I it last couple of years it was so frustrating seeing the offense, seeing what we need to do to get better as an offense. Everybody complaining about it, but the offensive play calling and the coaching staff virtually doing the same things over and over and over again. And it's so refreshing to watch a game, talk about how the offensive play calling is stagnant. And then the next game, they fix it. The next game, they do exactly what we've all been talking about. Like, we, I don't feel like an idiot. Like, I don't feel like watching this to feel like I'm an idiot and I don't know anything, right? We see the FIU game and Cumbie makes all the changes, all the corrections that we felt that he should make. Um, basically, what we're saying is that Sonny Cumbie listens to the podcast. Big fan of the pod. Uh, Coach Cumbie, you did a fantastic job. Uh, keep it up. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Coach. Keep it. It's the simple plays, the simple plays like that that seem obvious. I remember that there was, um, you know, a third down in a bit, and I think it was Trey Cleveland lined up pretty wide out, and there was a massive gap between him and the linebacker and the DB that was right over him. I th- I literally said out loud, I was like, dude, if he just ran across right, if he just slanted right here, that's money. What happened? Slanted, shucks a great passer, burst down. And it's like it's these simple plays that we have been plagued with not having in the past that it's like, ah, you know what my work here? Screen. Even though we've done that pretty much the whole game. Oh, they got us behind the line. Lo- Damn, I did not see oh, that coming. I, I did not see that, that coming. How did that and work? Oh. Such a relief <laughs> to see some intelligence, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, like, Cumbie, so far, three games in, I'm pleasantly surprised. But again, we haven't had conference season yet. TCU fans will be first to tell us that we'll wait and see you before you get too happy with Cumbie. So we'll see. We'll see. But I know, but so far, I'm, I'm pretty happy. So one place that uh, I should be very happy with is on the run game. So Roger Thompson came back. Didn't get too many touches. It seems like the coaching staff's trying to work him in still gingerly. So we still saw mostly Todd, the Todd Brooks show, uh, then Xavier White getting the secondary handoffs. But 177 yards rushing in total. And we, it wasn't just them. I mean, everybody got a piece of the pie. Like I said, Sriracha got a couple touches. Uh, as frustrating as Townsend can be, he got touches as well. As did my boy Cameron, Val- Cameron Valdez, the freshman. Uh, what do you think about the run game, Jeremy? Uh, I'm a big I'm a big pound the ground kind of guy. Like I think that we have a tremendously deep for Texas tech. We have such a deep running back room. Um, seeing Sir Roger kind of start to work back in there. Uh, you can kind of see still kind of gingerly feeling himself out. Got a touchdown though, even though it's right at the goal line. So props to you, man, Sir Roger first touch, first touchdown season. Uh, can't argue with that step. Um, but man, I would Todd never, Br- I would never want to get the ball ever again. <laughs> hey, you're just, you're just like, only, Hey coach, that was good. Coach, I'm out. Only give me the ball on the one yard line. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you That's got all. it. But you know, yeah. Taj Brooks, Xavier. I love seeing Cameron Valdez in there. Um, that we just have, if we can work them in, like we can have this multi-headed run game that I think they're all like in their own way, talented enough to work into the system. And again, that Texas tech identity of keeping the defense guessing. 
Yeah. Uh, where's a crazy stat for you? 591 yards is the most rush yards through three games since 2012. Lord. Yeah. Who do we even shout play out, in that non-conference? Shout out to my boy, Neil Brown, right? I tweeted it. Neil Brown ball is back, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Get in the run game involved. I'm not going to credit Tommy Tuberville. That was all Neil Brown. Thank you Oh, very that was much. all Neil Brown. Um, so, uh, But no, the running game has done a fantastic job. And in this game, we didn't see just Brooks like we did the first two. It spread it out. Everybody got a chance to, to, to kind of run the ball there. So last thing I want to say on the offense before we kind of move on to the other side of the ball, we got to see multiple quarterbacks in this game. Henry Columbia. Nice touchdown leading drive where he was able to run it in. Uh, also, Donovan Smith. Yeah, we got to kind of we got to see Donovan Smith, even though it was just handoffs. But we got to see him. Right? <laughs> we got, to, got see to see him. him. We know he's right, there. We know he's there. We know he's alive and well. We didn't see Baron Morton in this game. That he's kind of fourth in the pecking order. But I think uh, really we're that we're kind of holding off on both Morton and Smith for one maybe two years. But uh, it was good to see the backups in the game. And I think they said we had a Coronado guy either hand off or throw to a friendship guy. So it's good to see Matt Wells keeping the talent in Lubbock. Keeping the talent in Lubbock. Um, you know, the talent that, that is actually there in Lubbock. Good to keep them. Hey, it's <laughs> been a there, big we gripe. Should get it's it. been a big gripe. Yeah. Yeah. If it's there, we should get it. I agree. I agree. There's a lot more to talk about when it comes to West Texas talent. In basketball nowadays, oddly enough, but uh, that's a different topic for a different episode. Um, so, yeah, so let's go on to the defensive side of the ball. And defense, usually whenever you're looking at the stat line for the defense, you see, like, names just pop out. 10, 11, 12 tackles. Name just pop out on your screen, and you're like, oh, man, that guy was crazy. Just like on the offensive side where everything's spread around, the defensive Production spread around. Every play was a new guy getting a tackle. Every play was a new guy getting a deflection. Uh, complete game from the defense from top to bottom. Dylan, what did you think about the, how the defense played? I think uh, it, it all kind of started with that Muddy Waters pick six. That That's what really kind of opened up the game for us. But what really surprised me, and, and I knew our run defense was good, but Devontae Price was someone who I thought was going to be a potential problem. I think he was, I think I said he was coming off four 100-yard games dating back to last year, averaging like nine yards per carry in his first two games. And we held him to 15 rushes for 51 yards. So run defense really stepped it up and then, you know, picked – interceptions for days that defensive backfield just showing that they're all ball hawks back there so yeah i mean it's hard to be upset with anything this texas tech defense did when you can hold one of the uh conference usa's leading rushers to less than four yards to carry uh, it's definitely something to hang your hat on this run defense one of the best run defense i think i've seen at tech like it's 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 getting that good uh, Jeremy, what do you think about the defense? Yeah, I'll hold off to saying that until after <laughs> next week. Um, linebackers, 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 Colin Schooler, Brandon Boyer, Randall, our boy Jacob Morgenstern, Rico Jeffers. You know, these people are getting behind the line, pressuring the quarterback. I loved, I thought that the defense did everything you could really ask of them. There was, of course, a couple big play give ups, just miscommunication defensively. Overall, a tremendous, uh, a tremendous effort by the defense, uh, especially at the beginning, not having very much rest time and a longer, you know, longer FIU drives. I was, pl- I was just, I was happy with it. Um, you can have a big, you can have a big star defensive, defensive player of a game, uh, but I like it when the whole defense is showing out, moving around, getting to the ball, and everybody's kind of getting hand on a on a player at some at some point. Let me tell you something. FIU quarterback Max Bortenschlager was stressed. 
He was so stressed the entire game. He was like, Lord Jesus, get these people off of me, right? Not a lot of, like, actual sack production. We only got two sacks in the game, but every play, he we had someone in the life. backfield. Running for his life, every single play. Like, there was a – I mean, he had on that Muddy Waters uh, pick six, Carlin Schooler was on it, oh, breathing down his neck. <laughs> like, he yeah. just – honestly, Borgeslaga just threw it just to throw it. Like, God, <laughs> please, God, get this guy off of me. <laughs> right? Nope. Like, so, Jake. Yeah, so like this, they were in the backfield consistently. This one of these games, these are one of the games that you see and you say, oh, only two sacks, but every sing, almost every other play, somebody was in the backfield just giving Bortenschlager hell. Uh, front seven played well. Secondary played well. I mean, I think one of the best games we've seen from, the best game of secondary played all year. I think even better than the Houston game, in my opinion. Uh, but the secondary absolutely played well. And that's even besides the Muddy Waters. Pick six, right? Everybody had a hand in this game. Demarcus Fields was aggressive. I they had a series. They threw a screen to one side, got demolished by um I I, I believe it was by uh, uh I'm trying to even see who it was here by oh by Wilson and then oh not by Wilson by uh uh Williams sorry Rayshon Williams got demolished and then they threw a screen to, the other, to side, the other side and then Demarcus Fields killed him like back to back screens they were like ah <laughs> ah you want to go to the screen to the left side receiver's like no 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 we're done with that coach <laughs> they went to the huddle and coach was like so we got to try more screens the receiver just probably stood up and was like yeah we can't do this anymore coach I'm straight coach here. put him in You're killing us out here yeah. secondary played absolutely fantastic um, I mean, Bortenschlager on the day, 12 for 27. That just tells you not only do we get guys in the backfield, but also anytime he threw the ball, it was getting deflected. Receivers were having a tough time on the other, uh, on FIU side catching the ball. It was just, it was chaos for the Panthers. Well, and let's give a shout out to Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford. We're talking about the rush defense. Whenever FIU is down at the goal line, and we stopped them multiple times, stuffed that, stuffed the gap multiple times. Um, poor old, uh, golly, what was his name? Devontae Price getting just absolutely, I mean, I remember like Devontae Price just 100 miles an hour straight into the hole, hits the massive man that is Jalen Hutchings. And Jalen Hutchings does not move at all. And Price is just backwards. And that was the play. And I thought, man, that is such a cool feeling. Like I, as a Texas Tech fan, not not familiar with that one. Uh, so just, man, Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings really kind of stepping up there in the line like we had wanted them to uh, and that they have been showing us. We got we to gotta come up with like a nickname for Hutchings and Bradford, right? Every we game really we do. talk about how great they are and how they're just stuff in the middle, plugging it, and either it's individually they're doing it or them as a tandem. You know, the the I don't know. We got to come up with a nickname for it. If you can think of a nickname for us to come up with for Hutchins and Bradford, please tweet us, you know, let us know. Um, put it on IG, something. But we got to come up with a nickname for those guys. They've they've just been incredible uh, up front. Um, any other shout-outs you want to give, Dylan? No. Defense as a whole just played really well. I mean, you, you, we, we could sit here and list names all day. I mean, everyone collectively just played so well on defense. So it can't all be good things. can't all be great. What are things as a team Texas Tech needs to work on? Um, Dylan, I'll start with you. I still don't believe the O-line is any good. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. I think just we, we mentioned maybe it was it was Sonny Cumbie's play calling, but the offensive line looked deceivingly good in that game, and for whatever reason, I refuse to believe that they're actually that good. 
I mean, hey, like I said, Texas is coming up. That's the game we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Texas got some studs on their D-line. That's the game we're definitely going to see it. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think? Were some, what are some negatives that happened from this game um, or some anything that Tech really needs to work on going forward? Special teams, special teams, special teams. I think that it is uh, unreasonable that back-to-back games we have muffed a punt. Now, I realize in this game that Adrian Fry was pretty adamant. Uh, he was pretty set on wanting to return a punt. And it's FIU, so fine. I appreciate that grind and dedication. Uh, this is not something you need to be doing against our conference opponents. This is not something that you know we bounce back against FIU because it's FIU. Uh, but if we give up, if we're in a tight game and you muff a punt, that could be the, that could have been, that could be the game ending. Like that could be it. So I need a lot more like solid. I need a lot better special teams action going forward. Everybody on the same page. Good grief. FIU almost broke off uh, a kick return. Like ugh. It, it, it gets scary, and I think special teams is like one of those things that you want to be just fundamental on, and it's just like it's the it's the boring part of the game. I want it to be the boring part of the game. I don't need the flair. Let the offense do that and the defense do that. Special teams, do your job, and let's let's keep the game in hand uh, in the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator's hands. Let 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 Tom Riddell, uh just collect the check. You know, I, I want it to be I want it to be easy. Well, is uh, my question is, is Tom Riddell the problem, right? Like, uh, special teams really hasn't been good since Wallace has got here. I mean, we have Austin McNamara kind of covers up some of the special teams problems that we have. Um, but, you know, I guess that's my question. I, I saw actually somebody, and I can't even, I got to look at the tweet to see who exactly said it, was kind of coming for Tom Riddell's head as a, as a coach. And I was, you know, it got me thinking, I, you know, it was the first time I thought of like, you know what? He's right. <laughs> Tom Adal hadn't been that great. Um, but one guy I do think kind of needs to be fired from his job. It's, dude, Adrian Fry, man. Like, I, I just, I don't want to see him returning punts anymore. Like, I just, I know he has the experience to do so. But my thing is when it comes to punt returning, and Jeremy, you bring up a great job. When it comes, a great point. When it comes to punt returning, sometimes we just, get, we don't need Devin Hester back there. Right? Like, we don't need, like, as great as it would be to return a punt. What's even greater is a guy that always just catches him. That we don't have to worry about fumbling or muffing a punt or anything like that. Excuse me. Strictly just making the good decision of let me catch this ball and not punt. Because I feel like every single, almost every other time we're getting a situation where it's a muff punt or catching a punt too far back when we had a couple of those last year where punts were caught within the 10-yard line, right? Like knowing when to drop it, knowing at times when, you know, leaving the punt alone and it dribbles to the one-yard line. Like making good decisions when it comes to receiving punts and then also actually catching them. Um, that is, I, you know, I, I, I do think that is something that a lot of the times I feel it's much better to have a receiver or an offensive player that's used to these things. But if a defender, if a corner is doing it, that's fine. But it's, it's, you got to know what you're doing. You got to make sure you're doing it right. And I feel like we're consi- every, almost any time that we're having a problem when it comes in the punt return game, Adrian Fry's name is somewhere. It's not too far behind. And, uh, it's a problem. I'm not, I'm not, uh. I'm not too fond of Adrian Fry right now when it comes to special teams. And it's been a problem for a year. I remember a year ago saying, why is Adrian Fry returning punts? Uh, I'll say this. Last year, Townsend was one of our best kick returners. Now, I know kick returning and punt returning are different. Very different. But but Townsend was good at kick returning. Like, what? I, 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 like I said, I don't know the correlation. I don't know if Townsend ever done it. I would like to see somebody else at least get a shot at it because um, – 
I can't take another Adrian Fry muff punt. I just can't do it. I can't take it. Um, so that's something there. We go. We switch back from the negative. Jeremy, we talked about a lot of positives in this game. Give me the thing you were most excited from watching Texas versus FIU. The thing that excited me the most in the game is passing to tight ends. What was more exciting than watching Jason Morrow just out manhandle defenders straight down the field? Just give me that little seam up the middle, toss it off to Jason Morrow, and because of his size and ability, did a lot of good for us. I think, and I talked about it last season because we were starting to recruit more tight ends. It was like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Uh, I want more tight ends in. I mean, we got a great, you know, if last game was indi- indicative at all of what's to come, tight end game is what is, is what, that's what I want. I want more of that. Give me more big man ball. I want to see those goal line, just like zip outs, Travis Koontz, Mason Tharp, you big animal. I want more of that. <laughs> that's the exciting stuff for me. That's what I want. Yeah, shout out to Koontz. Like I said, we said shout Koontz. Three tight end touchdowns in this game. Uh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And for once, we're the ones showing out our tight ends and not getting obliterated by the <laughs> yes. other team's tight ends. So that's great. Uh, Dylan, what made you most excited in this game? You know, I'll be in the same tune as Jeremy, something that's not traditionally known for for Texas Tech, but that's the ground game for me. We mentioned it. The most rushing yards through three games since 2012. Uh, that just that gets my goat. I, I like to see some some running back some running back action. So to know that we've got three, four guys that could all tote the rock. And if we need to, if we're ever, you know, leading Texas and need to kill some time, hey, maybe we can do that. <laughs> That's, that, that would be great, right? Like that would be on a third and two pass play. It doesn't have to go to one of our wideouts. Oh, we got a tight end, tight end hitch. Oh, that's great. Who are we, Iowa State? <laughs> it's great. I, I know for me, great, great uh, pitch there with the tight ends, with the running backs. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I, I talk crap about the secondary all the time, but I thought they played absolutely fantastic in this game. Uh, really, I mean, I, there was that, that there was the big 69 yard reception from Wilson. I will say that to me, that wasn't on the secondary. That was a, a, a really bad defensive play call at the, just the wrong time. Patterson gambled and he lost out on it. Um, but take away that 69 yard pass play and the secondary really, really held Borton Schlager to a real minimal game. I mean, he had 185 yards with a 69 yard pass play. So, um, Borton Schlager just, they secondary did a fantastic job. Receivers were hounded absolutely all game. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that has to really comes into how good the secondary was. Like we said, we talked about it. Uh, Singleton, I mean, they had a receiver right now in Singleton and he's one of the ones that was catching the screens at five catches for six yards. That's the type of reception or defense that I want to see out of our secondary. Um, and it's really the speed of the secondary, I think, is one of the biggest differences from this year as opposed to last year or previous years, I should say. Texas Tech, tight ends, running backs, and secondary. I said it in the beginning of the podcast. I don't know when, I don't know what kind of football upside down world we're in, but I'm here for it. I mean, that's what that's what Tech's known for. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, tight ends, running backs, and secondary. That's like our bread and butter right there, you know? Like I said, we're Iowa State. That's <laughs> in Bizarro World, we're Iowa State. That's basically it. So all right. So we're getting to the end of the pod here. Last things last. Give me your offensive player of the game, Dylan. Sonny Cumbie. 
I'm, I'm, I'm for it. You can, I, I will, I will take that answer. Cumbie was absolutely fantastic. Great play calling. Yeah. A big piece in this one. Uh, Jeremy, you actually got to give me a player though. Uh, offensive player. Shuck. Tyler just, yeah. Okay. Tremendous performance. Really hot takes from you two. Hey, at least it's not Eric Izukama. You know, we're, we're okay. sharing the love. All the nerds that came into freshman year orientation in the front row. Whatever. About, oh, hello. I'm excited to be we'll here. Hit him. We'll um, wreck him. We'll wreck him. Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, it's like, could you better say it like that? You get to your first game and it's nobody says that. It's not the other like, way around. <laughs> wait, that's oh, not wait. what we say? That's not, that's wait, not the that way to do it. That doesn't sound right. Uh, so since you took the offensive coordinator and you took the quarterback, I will take the receiver who had the best stats. <laughs> so Kalen Geiger to me was a – he was great in this game, right? So we can talk about how it was really spread around, but Kalen Geiger set the tone and got the first two catches of the game um, and really just blew out from that. He also had that huge 52-yard reception as well that just kind of cracked things open. So Kalen Geiger, really good. Welcome to Texas Tech, sir. Good, good showing there. Um, that is that's my guy. That's my offensive player of the game. Uh, Dylan, we're gonna go right around the circle again. Who's your defensive player of the game? Oh man, I mean, I mentioned it. You you could pick a, a number of anybody. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. You? you could you could pick a lot of people, but uh, I think um, I think I'm gonna go with your boy Reggie Pearson. I mean, third game in a row, he's looked like. I almost want to say he's been the best, most consistent player on our defense through three games. Maybe Colin Schooler, but Reggie Pearson, his, his name's got to be in there. Uh, Pearson was a beast absolutely everywhere. Anytime that a tackle was made, Pearson's jersey showed up. Anytime that a pass was deflected, Pearson's jersey showed up. He was great. Jeremy, who do you have as your defense player of the game? I'm giving it to Rashad Williams. Every time he made a tackle, you heard it in the stadium. Had really good like pass defense. I mean, any any time like his receiver is targeted, he is right there. Like he has, he's just he's played lights out, and it was so good. Like just again, like don't said you can pick anybody on this team. I'm just trying to highlight one so we we can get as many as possible in this segment. So Rashad Williams, best game he's had so far out of the three. What he was, he was great. He was uh, probably, in my opinion, as great as Pearson played. In my opinion, Rayshard Williams was the second best player in the secondary. Absolutely fantastic. But guys, guys, we cannot have a guy do a pick six to jumpstart this game <laughs> and him not be the defensive player of the game. So I, I mean, look, Muddy Waters, baby. He uh, he was dead set. I, I, again, another tweet that I saw, dead set on getting a touchdown because he didn't look around. You know, usually you get the pick six, you're looking around. Do I got blockers? Is anybody coming from? He was like, no, F this. I'm going to outrun everybody. We getting this touchdown, no matter what. A um, lot, lot less, or a lot less um, excitement than the Rico Jeffers one, where it was like, "Oh, everybody help and protect me." This one was determination. I said that I'm I had said it. that I had said that he. I said Waters was pissed. I said I know he 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 was probably upset that it, it, he was the first guy to put points on the board. Like, why was it taking his offense that long? As soon as he caught that ball, like you said, never looked around. He was just like, Pew! Yeah, end zone. He's ready to go. I'm sure he made that exact sound too. Um, so, all right, Jeremy, do you want that to be the last sound that you say on the podcast? I don't know if I, I I've already ruined it. It's, um, it's too late now. <laughs> you got me. You, wanted, you got to me. 
Um, we've talked about it, man. The first the first three games of the season are done and out of the way, ups and downs. I think we've had two really good games in one game that gave us a lot of concern. This next game coming up, and we'll preview it well, is going to really set the tone for conference play, for sure. So take everything you thought about Texas Tech football, trash it, because next weekend is going to be a whole different story. Trash it. Everything you so Here to hear first, Jerry McGillan, the Texas Tech football team is trash. Trash everything that you said. They're all trash. Uh, we suck. Right, Jeremy? We, we are terrible. Don't get your hopes <laughs> up. And if we win, we always could. We are better than them anyways. <laughs> That's right. Dylan, anything you want to say to the people? I don't know what network this game is going to be broadcast on coming up next week, but for the love of God, please do not give me Brandon Jacobs. I will I will riot <laughs> if, there, if Brandon Jacobs calls another Texas Tech football game. Uh, yeah, Brand- I liked Brandon Jacobs as a running back for the Giants. I really did. Uh, but the fact that Crabtree can go on for about 20 minutes and everybody's like, Lord Jesus, please, Crab, come back. <laughs> You're so much better. Um, that could kind of tell you everything you need to know about Brandon Jacobs as a commentator. Uh, it was not great. For two weeks, man, back-to-back weeks, mm-hmm. it was not great at all. And, and a trial uh, week for RG3. They're just letting pe- anybody call Texas Tech games. I will say, though, RG3, somebody brought this up, that he's so corny that he's not bad. I like, he's, mm-hmm. I watched I his second it. game, and I really enjoyed it. I, I think RG3 is yeah. going to be really good at it, actually. He's feeling <laughs> yeah. it out, you know? Yeah, yeah he's, so, he's so corny that he's actually kind of good. Right? <laughs> just um, just don't say shucking and jiving on a broadcast Oh, anymore. no. Lord he Jesus, learned from that God, one. Please, <laughs> please do not. Um, yeah, so... Speaking of Texas, we are going to preview the Texas Tech-Texas game later this week. Uh, Tech actually, opening odds came out today. They're going to be a 10.5-point underdog. We got them just where we want them. Um, So we will have that preview later this week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, For Texas Tech, 3-0 for the first time since 2017. 2017 is also the last time Texas Tech went to a bowl game. For those that are looking for the... Tech to hit the over because you bet your life savings on Tech hitting the over. Um, I, I mean, we bet $500 on Tech hitting the over, so Lord Jesus, please hit the over. But I will say this. Texas Tech, for at 3-0, the over-under was four and a half games. For the span of the Big 12, Tech has never lost less than two conference games. Tech will win two conference games. Like That's, that, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm not right, – now that we have gone three games in – I am not concerned. We'll hit the over no matter what. Yeah, like that's that's as bad as we were against SFA, the exception of Baylor, who played three pretty bad teams to start the season, everybody has had a scary game. Everybody has. Hell, West Virginia just beat Virginia Tech, and even that game was scary. I don't know how you beat a 15th-ranked team and you come away looking at it like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> weird. But um, every team has had a scare. Every team has played not up to their fan standards. So we're going into Big 12 conference play. We will see just how good this Texas Tech team is. We got a pretty good first test against the Texas Longhorns. So we'll see how that happens or how that uh, shakes out. And that's it. Texas Tech, big win over FIU. I, I never thought a win could be big over FIU, but it was. So uh, proud of the Red Raiders. And let's see how they go from going up from here on out. For Jeremy, for the producer extraordinaire that is Dylan, this is Albie. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people.